Hello, hello, and welcome back to So, What Does Judaism Have to Say About? As always, I'm Rabbi Rick Fox here with the beautiful Rabbi Mayer Beer. How are you doing today, Rabbi Beer? Fantastic. So, what does Judaism say about the most essential time to pray? When, when would that be? What is the best time during the day to pray? You know, Judaism says pray three times a day. And it's called Shachris Mincha Mariv. The morning prayer is Shachris. Afternoon prayer is Mincha. Evening prayer is, is Mariv. What, what, is there a, one that's the most important? They're all the most important. But what's right. the most important of the, the most importance? So I want to, you, you mentioned the three names of the prayers. So let's translate those names. And we'll find one of them is unique. And we'll talk about what's unique and special about this prayer. What does Shachris mean? Shachar means the, the light of the sun coming over the horizon, no? It means morning. It's a description of the time of the day. You start your day with a prayer. Mariv, Arvit. What does that mean? Erev. Erev is, the like we said before, the mixing of night and day and night, but it's, it's evening time. It's the end of the day. Right. So Shachris and Mariv, Arvit, are descriptions of the time of the day you pray. The bookends. Bookends. Mincha does not mean anything to do with a time of the day. It's not a, afternoon. It's not it does not means. mean afternoon. A mincha is a gift or, or, or a, an offering. That's literally what it means. Right, right. So a gift. Well, two of them are called after the times of the day that we pray. It's so the morning time. The evening. Sh- shacharit is called, that's the time you do it. You start your day with a focus. Arvit, mariv, the evening time, the evening prayer, that's called the evening prayer. And you recap your day. You, you try to bring it all home with you. But then we have mincha, which is like, we don't understand that. What, like, it's, it's hard to understand what the word means. And if you opened up a art scroll or Hebrew-English Sidur prayer book, it will say mincha slash afternoon prayer. Well, that's when you pray. But that's not what the word means. That's not what the word means. Ah, so what is this word? Why are we using this word? And what is the specialness and significance of this time of day to pray? So... I like how you started this. We, we mentioned the three names of the prayer, and then immediately we can see something sticks out just from the words that they're called. The Talmud writes this in, this is in Tractate Brachos, page 6b, that a person should be zahir, should be careful, or, or have a unique or special focus on the Mincha prayer, because Elio, Elijah, was answered during the Mincha time. And then the Talmud continues, you should also be careful and focus on the evening and the morning prayers. But it starts the conversation with a something special, something unique about Mincha. An emphasis. And an emphasis that is connected to Eliyahu. And I, and I don't think people know a lot about Eliyahu, except for Elijah and the cup and Passover and open the door. That's how I grew up with it. I, you know, I met uh, you know, the, the Seder. In, in Cincinnati, Ohio in the 90s, and all I know, I, Elijah's cup, that's all I know about him. So something special here we should discuss. Well, I'm, I'm so let's go through the story. Brief mention, Elijah, Elio, was answered during the Mincha time. So this comes from the book of Malachim, Kings 1, chapter 18. Elijah has a, Elio has a confrontation, public confrontation, with the worshipers of the Baal. The Baal is this idolatrous practice, Eliyahu has a public confrontation with them. They're both going to offer sacrifices and see which one gets accepted. Their sacrifices do not get accepted. Elio's sacrifices do get accepted. 
And this story happens with a prayer. God, Elio says to God, Anini Hashem Anini, God answer me, please answer me. And he is answered during Mincha time. Meaning he didn't ask then? He was that's, answered then? That's you no, know, that's when the story took place in the afternoon. First the in the morning the the Baal worshippers try offering their sacrifices. They spend mu- much of the day trying to get it to go. It doesn't go. In the, in the, in the afternoon, in the late afternoon, it's Elio's turn. He offers a sacrifice. He prays. He gets answered. But that, That's that isn't, circumstantial, that, though. Does, yeah, it doesn't prove causation. It just proves correlation. Like you said, circumstantial. Right, so, so maybe if he did in the morning, maybe he'll be answered in the morning. So there's some deep meaning to the fact that he was answered in the afternoon with what the afternoon represents and therefore what is special about Mincha. Okay. So. I'll offer a thought from the Rajba, Shlomo ben Adaris. This is one of the medieval, uh, one of the greats of the medieval era, I think from the late 1200s, if I'm correct. The Rajba writes that there are three times in every day and three times, roughly speaking, in a person's life. There is the initial stages of his life when you're fresh, you're young, you're excited, which is represented by the morning. The morning is the time of the day when you're fresh, you know, you're at your the start of the day. You're looking forward. You're well rested, hopefully, from uh, you know your from the from from your sleep. And then you're at your the apex of your day, which is middle age. You have all your abilities with you, and hopefully, you've already have a you have a series of accomplishments. You're in your forties, your fifties. You're at the you know the highest point of your life, and then eventually you get older, and you recap. And you, you know, take everything home with you. Mm. All the messages, all the, the development you've done. And at night, that is what you do. It's the end of the day. What have I done today? You, you know, you take it home. Hopefully, you know, sitting at home with your friend or your spouse or your kids. And, you know, you're just unwind. You're unwinding. So our day follows the same pattern as our life. What does this have to do with the Baal? The worshippers of the Baal. Right. And the Baal was this very bizarre type of... Of idol worship, very weird. It was not uh, necessarily like PG. This this activity over here that these guys were up to. So there is the Baal, and then there's Paar. So the Baal is it's not Paar has some very bizarre, <laughs> perhaps not. <laughs> That's not what we're talking sa- about now. Children. No, the Baal was as the Rajma describes it, and they did do some bizarre things, which we'll mention. The Baal was this really like interesting belief system because they believed in a monotheistic version of God, but they're still idolaters. But these are Jewish people. Yeah, these were Jewish people who adopted this. And this was the vast majority of Jewish people at the time, correct? Eliyahu had very few followers then, right? So the king at that time was pro-Baal. So it, it may have been that a large number of the Jewish people didn't appreciate this, but there was certainly a lot of public push to be involved in this type of worship. So there's a line that Eliyahu tells the people, how long will you continue to be poschim, like Pesach, jump, between these two corners? Either go to God or go to the Baal. Which is an indication that he wasn't presenting them like, do you believe in God or do you not believe in God? They believed in God, but didn't necessarily worship or connect with God. So the Rajab understands that what these Baal, which is like a bizarre thing, like like which one is it? Like what was their... What was their belief system? So, so there's, there's a sentence that I started saying a lot recently, which is, it's one thing to believe in God. A lot of people believe in God. But to behave in God is very different. They didn't behave in God. They were not expressing behavior, becoming, and 
and reminiscent of someone who would have a belief system in God. And they crafted, following your point, this philosophical way of looking at the world that enabled them to do that, empowered them to do that. Right. By saying, look, God created the world, but he doesn't really care about it. Right. So we are going to connect with spiritual powers. They worship forces of nature because God is not intimately involved in our lives. So they therefore don't have to be responsible to God because God is disconnected from our puny, trivial human existence. Right. So they had a philosophy which allowed them to do your what you just said. So it's a little strange. Like they believe in God, but they don't worship or, or, or connect with God. So Leo's confrontation is to say, no, you need to actively involve yourself in God. What is the most active part of a person's day? When is he at the pinnacle of his strength or his creativity or his product- productivity? Midday, the afternoon. Similarly to a person in middle age is at the apex of his life. You know, you're young, you're still learning skills, you're, you're in school, you're training, you're climbing that corporate ladder. A lot of procrastination. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> but then you achieve something and then you're, you're at, the, at the highest point of your abilities. Right, and that's when they, that's, uh, the parable I'm thinking in, in now is like that's your high earning years. Exactly, that's it. Someone starts that's their it. career, they're rising, rising, they hit that 40, 45 to 55, that afternoon time. That's when they're, you know, raking it in in whatever industry they're in. That's what they're experts then. And then they slowly go off into retirement, like you're saying. So your point. So when is Elio going to demonstrate that not only should you believe in God, but you should connect with God actively? You shouldn't have this philosophy of, of yeah, I believe, but I don't actively participate in the afternoon. Specifically at that point in the day is when Elio demonstrates by offering the sacrifice, which is publicly accepted by God, a fire comes down from heaven and accepts the sacrifice. And everybody sees this. Happen. Everybody sees this. It's not randomly in the afternoon. It's specifically in the afternoon because in the afternoon, the middle of the day is when you can also connect with God. Not just when you're old, not just when you're young and lost, but, but in the most middle, productive, when you're most, most productive. productive part of your life, most productive part of your day, you can connect with God. That productivity, like you're saying, is not you. By yourself, you're very connected to God. God's there with you, producing with you. So connect it back, not just in the morning. God, please let this day be great. At the end of the day, thanks God for a great day. Right smack in the middle when you're productive, you're pumping it out, you're getting it done, closing the deals. That's when you have to stop and say, one second. Which is the shortest prayer? Mincha. Mincha. It doesn't have to be a long act. That could be the morning when we really want to get everything focused, think about it. It can be a couple minutes. But what you accomplish by doing that is very profound. So that's why Zahir, be careful with Tfilas Mincha because it, it, it adds this element to everything you do. Wow. The Talmud writes that the three prayers correspond to the three forefathers, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mincha corresponds to Isaac, Jacob. The language that the Talmud derives, the Yitzhak prayed the afternoon prayer, it's from the word sicha, lasuach. Right. What does that word mean? There's a, an idea I'll share with you from uh, Rav Yitzchak Hutner, who was the dean of the Chaim Berlin Yeshiva in Brooklyn. At, like during the... 60s, 70s, 80s? Like, like post-war period. Post-war period, yeah. Right. And he says that the, there's an expression in the Talmud, sichas limud, the seemingly insignificant or the small talk of a scholar requires analysis. That even the, you know, a really great thinker, that even like the, the the small talk that he makes, the little conversations that he makes are meaningful because he's such a 
big mind, such a powerful uh, intellect. Sicha doesn't mean idle chatter. It means like small talk. Like we all need to schmooze. Right. right? That's not idle. That's, you know, right. that, that has a purpose. Yitzhak went suach basada. The sicha, he, mean, he says, is similarly when you have the rustling of, of a healthy tree. There's a lot of leaves on a strong, healthy tree. There's an indication from the, like the external, what's going on inside. So when you have this, a great scholar, for instance, or a great person, when he or she talks, even small talk, there's, 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 you notice from their vocabulary, from their mannerisms, some of the depth of their character. Yeah, there's usually a refinement that you see. Even the topics they're discussing have certain types of meaning. You know, There's a depth. Yeah, definitely. So mincha is a sicha. It could be small. It's not necessarily a long prayer. But from the little indications of how a person goes about when they're powerful and when they're capable is an indication to who they are essentially. So the same way we have the sicha of a scholar, his strichon limud, needs to be analyzed because it's important. So Yitzchak's afternoon prayer is called sicha. It seems not to be the you know, strongest part of who that person is, but the little prayer, the little mannerisms in which a person goes about their midday is a strong indication of who they are. And that's what feels Menche is. We give a couple minutes just to stay focused in the middle of the day, that's a power of indication of who we are as a person. And that's something, once again, the Talmud says, Zahir, be careful about that. That's important. Because it's hard. It's hard to do that at that time. Right, you're, it's hard. You're rushed, you're busy. You know, the sun's about to go down. You're in the middle of a meeting. you got to pop out of there. And, and, it could and, be five minutes. Yeah, but it's hard to refocus and leave what you're doing. It's not those bookends. It's smack right in the middle of that day. But people of real character, you notice things from the small things and the little efforts they put in. Wow. I'll give you uh, uh, what I think is is is, is an accurate uh, you know comparison. You know, the big gifts that you buy somebody are not necessarily an indication of your relationship with them, as much as the small little things you do for them. Because sometimes those big gifts are are required. Like right. I, I got to give that sixtieth birthday, fiftieth birthday. Yeah, we got to have the big party. Got to yeah. rent out the hotel. But like when you can go to the store and they have their favorite flavor of muffin there and it's fresh and you pick one up for them, right? A certain level of care you see from that little seemingly unimportant act, the ran- which is an indication. The random Tuesday flowers. Right. You know. Which is an indication of the relationship. Right, sure. So that's what Mincha is. You're thinking about something more profound right in the middle of, of an otherwise busy and inundated day. They're, all, they're, they're always with you because they're on your mind. Oh, that's beautiful. Mincha. So now we know. So there's something very special about... Not just ending our day and beginning our day in some time, but but really investing the time to connect and realize that we have a lot to really give back to and think about in the middle of our day, even if it's just a minute or two. And that's all it takes sometimes. And reconnect. Amazing. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of So What Does Judaism Have to Say About? Amazing. We'll see you next time.